0: Our prayer is that you will be filled with the knowledge of His will, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power.
1: Well, welcome to Strength of Strength, Sisters. The vision of Strength of Strength, Sisters is to encourage women to be catalysts in advancing the kingdom through biblical teaching, testimonies of faithful women, and thought-provoking discussions. My name is Linnell Martin, and we are from State College, Pennsylvania, part of the Followers of Jesus Church here. And today we're excited to welcome Dorcas Showalter. She's going to be sharing on intentional growth, reflecting with prayer and journaling, and specifically talking about how that journaling helps with reflection and with our relationship with God. Um, A little bit about... Dorcas. Her and her husband, Dennis, have three children, Dixie, Tristan, and Stacy, and they moved from Montana to Chile. And although for a number of years she had been actively growing in God, the the move to a place where nothing was familiar was a bit of a challenge in numerous areas. In 2017, she read the whole Bible within a year, and this decision had such a profound impact on her and marks a launch for her into a deeper level of intentional living. Through the last seven years, she has been using a combination of intentional pondering alongside prayer and the habit of journaling to help her move forward in growth. In the last four years, God has opened their home to an amazing opportunity as hundreds of guests pass through. People from many different countries have shared cups of tea or meals at their table, and as they look into the eyes of women and listen to their stories and heartaches, she realizes with greater clarity that she is a steward of the truth that will set them free. So it's her passion to show forth the praises of him who has called her out of darkness into his marvelous light. To be willing to tell her story of how God has worked and is working in her life and the, and the hope that it may be an inspiration for other women to, to believe that they too can live with intention and purpose and to be life givers. So we're looking forward to hearing from you, Dorcas, and there will be a time of Q&A at the end, so you can be thinking of your questions as she is talking, and this call will be recorded, but you will not be recorded unless you are speaking. So before you get started, Dorcas, let's pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you for this chance that we have to get together like this on this Saturday afternoon, and we come to you as broken and needy vessels, and we recognize our need for your power, and so we just ask you to fill us today. Pray that you would bless Dorcas, especially as she speaks to us. Pray that you would give her clarity and um, wisdom to know the things that we need to hear. Pray that you would help us to have open hearts, and that we would Look at our lives and ways that we can grow and intentionally move closer to you in our journeys. Bless her in a special way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, go ahead, Dorcas.
0: Good afternoon, ladies. It is so wonderful to be here with you all this afternoon. So as I talk today, I am going to tell you things that I have learned in intentional growth mixed in with parts of my story And there's several reasons why I do this. I do this, um, first of all, because if I just shared the things I learned, it would feel a lot like if you get these steps one to 10, then everything's gonna be okay. And growth is never steps one to 10. It is an ongoing thing in life. And it tends to circle back once again to something that we've already worked through, we're already growing, but circles back and we can grow deeper in these areas. Another thing, another reason is, is because often when I hear people's stories, I often gain inspiration from them, how God has worked in their lives. Also, sometimes I get a must missing puzzle piece that I've been looking for for my life. So as you listen to me talk today and Um, Maybe you get inspiration or the puzzle piece you are also looking for. I encourage you to take it to God, ask him, how am I to put this to practice in my life? Because each of our lives, um, stories are different. Yet there's the same thing God wants out of all of us. And that is obedience and love and growth in him. So I want to clarify difference between diary and journal, at least how I use them. I use the word diary as something you do daily. For instance, today it's really windy and we worked on the greenhouse a bit. And tomorrow I might say that we had my sister and her family over for supper and um, we had fresh peach pie.
2: Whereas journaling
0: is something that I do maybe twice a week or maybe Um, once every several weeks. However, but it grows out of of reflecting in prayer and then writing in my journal. Also, I want to um, explain the difference between a goal and a desire. Uh, A desire usually is something that we have that involves more than just ourselves. For example, I could say I want a good marriage and a close relationship with my husband, but that also includes him because marriage is more than just me. And so, um, but a goal would be something that I could do to make my desire maybe come to pass. For example, a goal for a good marriage, like my goal would be, I want to be a gracious wife and I want to be a wise wife and one who uses um, loving, gracious words and honor him. Well, I can work on that whether or not I feel like My husband is um, participating. Um, So goal with that idea and goal is is what I'm going to refer to a lot in journaling, the way I journal. So the kind of journaling I did for many years, starting as a young teenager until several years after I was married, was the kind of journaling where I would vent like when something i was passing through difficult times in my life i would i would journal and i would just vent everything that was in there and it seemed to relieve the pressure at least for a time and then the diff, the i would move on and i would stash my journal somewhere because it's only about a quarter full and i'd stash it between my mattress or behind something and we moved often enough in those first years that we often would uncover this journal. And if I was the one that would do it, I would open it up and I would read, you know, and I would read lots of details that I would just rather not have remembered. And then I would have to work through the um, things that these details would bring up in my life. But one time we moved, I was um, just stuck in my mind. I was, um, my husband and I were taking things apart in our bedroom and he lifted up the mattress and there was one of my journals that I stashed away. And he opened it and he read a little bit and i saw the hurt that came into his eyes and he shut it and he put it down and later i went and read in it and um what he probably would have read and it was just yeah there was difficult times but there was a lot of stuff in my own heart that just wasn't that great and so um this happened often enough this remembering the details, because when I find my journal, that I quit journaling. But I didn't know what to do with the things in my heart. I didn't know how to move through very difficult circumstances in a healthy way. And so I would bottle them up and then I would just explode. So um, I, but God went and taught me quite a few things through the years. And um, so between the time where I quit journaling and then took up journaling again when we moved to Chile, there's five key lessons that God taught me in those years. And because growth today is built on yesterday and the months and years before that, um, these are five key lessons that have built up to where I still use them today or they built foundations I'm still building on today. The first one is, is... um, when I would go through difficult times, I would just cry to God, why, why me? Like, why me again? Have I not gone through enough difficult things in my life for one person? And one day I was doing that, I was crying and I was just kind of ranting this, why, why? And the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart that Dorcas, you're asking the wrong question. You are you should ask. how can I give God glory through this circumstance? Because it's a broken world and things are going to come that are so difficult, we can't escape them. And so um, this began a a three-step question that I still use today. Um, It is, what is my expectation? For in the beginning, it was for marriage. What is my expectations for this marriage? Today, I also ask, what is it I want? Because no matter how petty the thing is that I want, sometimes I can let that make me get irritated. So either I ask, what is my expectation or what is it I want? Then I ask, what is my reality? And i be very honest in both expectation or what I want and what is my reality. And then once I have worked through that, then I ask, God, what can I do to give you glory in my reality? Because that isn't denying that things hurt or that you wish some things were different, but it helps give you a way forward that you're not just stuck. When I work through these, I try to find a little quiet time. Sometimes five minutes. I started this when my children were very, very little. And so sometimes I just had a few minutes when they were all napping at the same time. But after I have w- asked God, what can I do to give you glory? And he has inspired on in my heart. Then I wipe my tears if I've been crying and I get up and I carry that with me through my circumstances. The second thing is, is in August of 2012, I heard that if you write down three things you're grateful for every day, it will change your life. And I got a journal, an empty notebook, and I wrote, you know, I need a life change. I need to change the way I'm looking at things. And so I'm writing 10 a day. And I would brew myself something hot or make something cold. And I would sit down and I would think about these 10 things to write. And I really tried not to just repeat things, at least in close um, order. And it became a look- or a changing the way I look to even see beauty in my life. It wasn't just things I was grateful for, but a looking for beauty. Things as simple as the vapor in the sunshine from my coffee or the sun-dappled trees. Simple things like that. My goal was a thousand. I got up into the 900s. And then my habit got kind of laid aside, but it had changed the way I looked at things. I now have taken that up again as I am wanting to teach my children the habit. And so we are together in our own notebooks going toward a thousand. The third thing is, is obedience. Um, As I read my Bible, there were some things, I began this growth in regards to marriage and my um, place as a wife. And there were some things that I didn't want to obey that were clearly written in the Bible. But I came to the place that what I was trying to do wasn't working. So, okay, God, you say this and I'll do it. And no matter how cold my feet felt, like I was walking on the thinnest ice, I would say, God, oh, you say this and I will do it. I'm so afraid. But I would do it. And I would hold this image in my mind. God, if you could open the Red Sea for the Israelites, for them to walk through on dry land, then why do I think that my problem is too big? The fourth thing is I learned in that is, is if I struggle myself with disappointment, I'm trying to grow and I fail and I'm disappointment disappointed, then others do too. If I struggle with insecurity or fear of failure or fear of even what other people think of me, then I know others will too. And so I began looking past the outside of um, maybe what it looked like, their actions their words to their heart with the same desires, with the same um, dreams that I have. And that, it was very difficult to change. Growth is difficult. It goes little by little by little. And looking back over time, you can see that you've grown. But in the moment, you don't see it. The fifth thing is, is one day I was ranting to my husband about um, something someone else was doing that was impacting other people in a negative way. And I knew people were going to get hurt. And it was not the wise thing for them to do. But I was ranting to my husband about it. And he stopped me. And he said, Dorcas? You can't change them, but you be the change that you wish to see in the world, and I thought about that a lot as I was going about my daily things, and I took this analogy from a little fable that I had heard as a child for my picture of how I want to be, and it's the analogy of the sun and the wind. There was once a traveler going along the road, and the wind and the sun had a We were talking and they had a competition. Who could make the traveler take his coat off the quickest? And the wind, the sun said, you go first. And the wind, it blew. And then it blew harder and harder and harder. And the harder the wind blew, the more the traveler wrapped his jacket around himself. And then the sun said, okay, it's my turn. And the sun came out so gently and so softly and shone on the traveler. And pretty soon the traveler, he takes his coat off and he's walking down the road. I thought, that's what I want my words and actions to be. Naturally, I want to be the wind. And if something's not going the way I want, I want to push. But I knew it didn't work. And so I wanted to be the sun. And I still carry that today after about 12 years. The analogy is still, how can I be the sun? So we moved to Chile in um, 2017. My husband and I are not very in the box people in some things, but this move to Chile got opened the doors so clearly and it was so out of even our box, so, so radical. In fact, after we moved and people would ask us, so how long do you be, plan to be here? I say, oh, I have no idea. I never would have expected this move a year ago. So maybe next year we'll be in China. Like it was that radical. But God had opened doors so widely. So right before we moved, my friend a friend had given me a journal. And I thought, I don't journal. But it was such a beautiful cover. And we moved in suitcases. And that was one of the things I slipped into the suitcase to bring down with me. And the first morning here in Chile, I woke up before everybody else and I brewed some coffee and I sat down with my journal and my Bible and my coffee. And unknowingly to me, I made a first entry in a new way of journaling. I'm gonna read a snippet from it. I keep thinking of Sarah. She left family and familiar too and went with Abraham. The difference I knew our destination, she did not. She had it a lot harder than flying two days, suitcases, meals in the airport. And yet she is held up as an example for women to follow. I have so much to grow in. And then later that evening, I wrote another um, entry. And here's several sentences. It says, I would like to think that my life here in Chile will be much more peaceful and simple, That it won't be so rushed and busy like in Montana, always feeling like I was behind. Maybe it will be, but there will be some things that need to be different. For one, is my phone. So as the days passed, I would think about those things that I had written in there, and I was beginning to make some changes. And I would come back, and I would make entries into my journal about things, that changes that I was wanting to do, and then I would go on, and I would start them. Or the little changes that I had already d- had incorporated in my life, and how it was already in such a short time making a difference. So as I watched my children cry for home for what they had for Montana, and I realized how much security even things come, your things you have, um, your bed, your toys, everything familiar, and we moved in suitcases, so that meant they each brought one toy, and there's not much security in clothes, that you bring along. So then I began thinking about these questions, questions such as what rhythms or traditions can I go and incorporate into our life so that no matter where we go or whatever life circumstances we find ourselves in, we can continue doing them. Remember, I still wasn't sure if we'd be in China in the next year. So what can I do? And um, there was, as I would, I would ponder these things, I would write, but I would ponder them as I went about my work in prayer. God, what is it that you want me to incorporate into our lives? Things would actually make a difference. And there was some little things I began. One was tea time in the afternoon, and I would read aloud from chapter books to my children. Another time, and I would try to do that daily, not always Saturday and Sunday, but usually Monday through Friday. Also, another thing was um, I began a weekly intentional time with each of my child children alone. I would um, prepare them a tea tray, a little snack. I would take them into my room. I would seek to reach the heart of my child. This was so new to me, but um These are things that God impressed onto my heart. And I would ask him, God, what is it that um, I could, how can I reach the heart of my child today? Or what is it that I should tell my child? And um, another thing that I thought about was, is so I didn't have tweens yet, but I was thinking also about tweens, teenage years. And another thing I thought about is I want home to be their favorite place to be. Yeah, sure, they'll get to go out in youth when they get older. But how can I make home the favorite place? And so it was, and I would pray these as I went about my work. So it wasn't just that I was just sitting there, quiet time, all the time, just many hours a day or even an hour. I would be thinking about this as I went about my work. I was learning to homeschool, um, which we need to do when we move to Chile. So these are woven in with dishes, laundry, caring for children. As time went on, um, and I was getting more familiar with this journaling habit, I began to write in things like um, sometimes my vision for motherhood, my purpose for as a woman of God uh, would be clearer as a godly wife. And I would write these in my journal. And then when I was struggling Sometimes maybe I was struggling with honoring my husband in a decision he was going to be making or he was making for our family or our children. And I would even write that in my journal. I'd write, I'm struggling with, but I would m- write it minus the details I didn't want to remember later. And um, then as time passed and I would be struggling again, maybe was struggling again with the decision my husband was making. And I knew in my heart what I should do, but I just needed to get my mind in there too. Or um, so I would knew. oh, I've been through this. So I started looking back through my journals and um, my journal entries. And often I would never find the thing that I was struggling about that I had been through before that I had journaled about. But I would read about the things that God was putting on my heart, the things I was implementing, the changes it was making in my life. And I would be so encouraged that yes, this is the way to go, keep following God. And keep living faithfully in the little areas. And so my journals began to be a a guide and a comfort for myself. Sometimes they were conviction as I would look back and I go, oh, yes, this is the way that God had for me to go. And I'm kind of off the path. And I also learned not to berate myself in guilt. That was in condemnation. That was a journey too. But I would take the idea to just, if I've gotten off the path, to take the next step, step on the path in the way I wanted to go. Um, Sometimes I would write quotes from books I was reading. Sometimes I would draw a flag at the date, um, a flag that this is what I am going to be doing, um, like a kind of a momentous marker. Um, I would, as I saw how encouragement my journals were to me, I got this idea that I want to pass on my journals to my girls as they got to be adults because they're going to go through the same things that I go through and um and I'm not perfect but it would be an encouragement to them and a guide as they saw how mom was growing through the same things that they are going through and learning to live the abundant life that Jesus promised and because I wasn't writing the details in there that I don't want to remember There's going to be details in there that I don't want them to read either. So I said I was learning to homeschool as I got after we moved to Chile. Um, There was another big writing project I was doing. And uh, the devil, I had never thought I would ever do it, but I was doing it in obedience to God. And the devil just came like a flood again and again. And I often felt like as I was learning to live intentionally for God, like in the years before I moved to Chile, I felt like I had this target on my back that he would just come at me. But all this was this, I was intentionally growing, I was learning to homeschool, I was doing this other project. And it just felt like my whole body became a target. And by the end of 2017, I felt like I was in a really, really um, desert place um also i didn't know spanish really we moved well i just didn't just 20 words maybe um god opened the doors to come to a spanish-speaking place and that had never been in our dream so therefore we came without really knowing spanish the services were church services were in spanish and i didn't really get much out of those either so ending 2017 and i was praying about that and i just January 1 I wrote in my journal and I was praying God I just feel like if I can just know how much you love me just down to every fiber in my body if I could just know I think I'll be okay or like I'll know I'll be okay just I just had that idea on the 6th of January I was reading something that um Ruth Chow Simons of Grace Laced, um, she paints and um, writes encouraging posts for women. I was reading that she was going to read through the Bible in 2017. And I thought, oh, I've never read through the Bible before, and I would like to do this. So I found a Bible reading plan and to read the Bible in a year, and I began And I read through the familiar story, familiar to me story of creation. And um, I had already began this thinking about intentional things through my work. So as I was working, I began thinking about creation too and what it must have been like. And then I came to the verse it said about that God said that um, he looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a help meet for him and i looked up uh, what exactly does help meet mean and i kind of had this idea kind of um, abstract but i wanted to know you know i'm intentionally working at this intentional growth thing and the uh, the definition came that was uh, when i looked up it, it was suitable and i thought about a help suitable for my husband and I, this opened up a place in my mind. I call it holy imagination. I've called it since then. But my husband and I, before God, and God says, you know, He, the same command is to us as He gave to um, Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, have dominion over the earth. And my husband and I um, are quite different in the way we think and analyze. And um, and I thought about God how could i was already growing in marriage but now this was another step deeper god how do you want me to be a wife a help suitable for my husband we're so different in so many things and um i prayed that prayer through the days following and um i realized that you know where we're different it's not exactly wrong but it's different. And so I began to look at my husband with that approach that where we're different, you know, it's not an area where I need to have conflict with him. But I thought a lot about um, my part in being suitable. God helped me become more gracious, more loving so that I can be to my husband what you want me to be. Because I realized in reading the story of um, when God said that to Adam, or God said that about Adam, about the help suitable was is that he lived in a perfect world he had God but there was a part of a man that is not filled by God that a wife fills and I want to fill that well so I um, my husband in recent years we were talking about some things that um past uh areas of some areas we're talking deeper conflict had we had had were first married in and, and he gave me this analogy and I love it he says, you know, he says, often we think of when we get married, the, the wedding day is this huge blooming tree of love, you know, the fruit. But actually, he said, it is just a tiny sapling. And he said, we didn't realize that. And we came in with and we had our differences and baggage we carried and stuff. And we had a lot of conflict. And he said, we should have been nurturing this tiny little sapling. It was never made to handle the storms that we threw at it. But thank God he taught us many, many things. So I continued reading the Bible with this idea of the holy imagination. Um, I thought about Eve as she went and took the fruit. It says that she saw it was good to for um, saw it was good, beautiful. And she thought about it before she went and took it and she ate it and the results today is just staggering still from that one little thing she did. And I began to think, wow, is there anything in my life that maybe I'm doing? Because it was a direct um, disobedience to command of God. And it's really easy for the flesh when we see commands that God gives us, explicit commands in scripture to kind of uh, say, you know, if we think about it long enough, it's easy for me to say, oh, you know, it's not that important. But as I looked at Eve, and I held my life up to it. I saw that there was areas in my life that I was kind of um, giving myself room to maybe not wholeheartedly follow God's commands. As I kept reading, I downloaded an app on my phone that has the King James Bible and Strong's Concordance um, beside each other. The, The numbers are right in there in the scripture. And I would look up words like, all kinds of words, words that I thought I even knew. Um, I would look them up to be uh, sure, is this what it means? And it was so interesting. And I was so surprised I kept reading the Bible, but the Bible, every bit of it was interesting. I was finding little nuggets in all the most unexpected places. But because I was reading the Bible through this, Thinking about it so much and the people and why would people have acted like that? What would they have been doing that made them act this way? And um, thinking about my own life in parallel, what would I have done if I was in their situation? Uh, I needed a little bit more quiet. Um, I wanted a little bit more quiet to think about this. So I began getting up early Sunday mornings. I would be sure no matter how late I went to bed Saturday nights, That the area of the house that I was going to be in, seeing when I came out of my room Sunday morning, there was nothing in there that called my name. I wanted everything put away. And I had the coffee maker ready to just push the button so no coffee making would wake the children up early. And those Sunday mornings became so, so precious to me. And I was, as I was reading, this would rise up in my heart, just this awe at God and and um, how no matter the failings of people, or he was so willing to use humans. And I wanted, I just felt this, this delight in him rise up. And I was like, how can I pass this on to my children? So I was thinking about that too in prayers. I was going about my days. God, how can I pass this on? And I also wanted them to realize that life is just a vapor. It's so easy to live like we are, our life is everything. You know, it's some for big story, but it is such a tiny little part in the story of God. So I began sharing with them interesting things I read in the Bible. Also, God gave me the idea to do a timeline for them. And I did a lot of studying into, as I was reading the Bible, I kept track of um, how many years and stuff the people were living. So I could get the timeline right. And I made a timeline for each of them and me um, in sketchbooks. One inch equals 10 years. And I, when I showed them how long, if we live to 70 years is compared to even to Adam's life, they're just like, wow, that's hardly anything. And I was like, yes, thank you, God. That showed them that life is going to be, their life is a vapor. I was surprised to see that Genesis covers one third of the current day world history. Um, as I was doing these timelines too, I realized that you can tell the, you know, the year that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. I had never known this stuff before. And my husband had said years before to me, I I used to have a terrible habit of gossiping and talking about people. My husband would say to me, Dorcas, small minds discuss people, great minds discuss ideas. But I didn't know how to, I said, I don't know how to discuss ideas that I just know how to discuss people. But as I was learning these things and these interesting things I was learning in the Bible and God gave me the perfect place to practice these ideas on I was talking about them with my children, sharing about them. Um, I got to Exodus 35 and again and again, it talked about the people gave out of willing hearts to help make this tabernacle beautiful. And I thought about, it was how they were living in their ordinary lives that made them have willing hearts when it came to share. I found that I would get increasingly irritated at the Israelites. I would think, come on, could they not see God has helped them in so many things and the amazing things he's done? And look at them again, just forgetting and grumbling and going about their thing and God impressed on my heart. Dorcas, what about yourself? You have seen God, uh, do so many things in your life. How easy is it for you to c- protest and complain in difficult times? And I would, um, as I would um, was going through these things, I would be journaling. Uh, every now and then I would sit down and I would do what God has impressed in my heart. So like. That example, the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart. Dorcas, what about your life when I was irritated with the Israelites? And I journaled that. And where are the places in my life that I need to change to grow? I realized also, too, as I read through the Bible, that there was a lot of things and mindsets I had that didn't line up with Scripture. It might have been acceptable by culture, but maybe didn't align up with Scripture. And I would confess them and say, how can I move forward in this? Um, whole heart—the words "whole heart" and "a different heart" came up again and again in Scripture. And I was like, God, I want to have that whole heart. So I was putting myself into His hands. Lutely, God, what is it? And I would pray as I would go about my work. And um, I also found that there was this question that also came up in Scripture: What is in your hand? What is in your house? And they would use a stick. A vessel of oil and God would do amazing things. And so I realized that our ordinary days are really sacred ordinary days. And God, what is in my hand? What is in my house that I can use for your honor and glory? I came to Michael and David. Um, David had been dancing and praising God that the tabernacle, that the ark was coming to Jerusalem. And he was praising God and Michael looked out and she just despised David in her heart. And I was so convicted. I have known that I despised my husband in my heart. And it was an early Sunday morning and I went, I was sort of crying. I just, I knew that so many times that I had despised him. And I went to my husband, he had just woken up and I said, look, I read this and I have despised you many times in my heart and I am Sorry. I wondered in my heart, what blessings have I been keeping from my family because of me despising him in my heart? Because it says that because she despised David in her heart, um, she was not able to have children. I was surprised how known I felt when I got to the Psalms. It covers every single kind of emotion that I have ever felt in my heart. And I was, as I was reading the Bible, I would, I just didn't have words to pour back to God and to pray. I just felt so inadequate. And as I read the Psalms, I realized, and there were some nuggets sometimes found in like Chronicles and stuff, but I realized that God knew that we weren't going to have the language to offer back to him. So he already provided this language for us in scripture. And I began using those words, those phrases, framing them in my, in my prayers. Um, Psalm 106 and 107, I was so convicted in there too, as it said, it's a nutshell what God did for the Israelites and their response to them again and again, God did all these amazing things for them. And they go, "Yay, thank you. And then, oh, they would just start complaining and grumbling again. And they remembered only for a moment. And it said that they're, Trouble was, is that they didn't continue remembering nor passing on to their children what God had done for them. And I didn't want to forget what God had done for me, and so I would tell my children things, or I would intentionally think about what has gone, what God ha, what has God done for me in my life. Was I was going through difficult things, and I got to um, Isaiah. I was in a very difficult time right then. I was. I was struggling and um, I read the chapter that says in returning and rest shall be your salvation and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And the very next phrase, it says, and you would not. This is what God had said to the Israelites. But their reply was they wouldn't. They did their own thing. It's like, what am I going to do? And so. I'm going to return and I'm going to rest because fussing and fighting and even the even if I wasn't doing it on the outside, I was doing it on the inside and protesting against these difficult ways. And so I, um, I put, I decided I was going to keep resting in God. God, what is it I can do for Your glory, and move on with a heart of rest. I also um the wilderness Isaiah talks about it says that God's going to make the desert places blossom like a rose. And I've take I took this as something I still carry today when I have going through a place I feel is a desert because we have them. I'll say God, it feels like a desert. And I work through the thing what do I want? What do I have? What's my reality? And often my reality in those times will feel like a desert. But I said, you promised that you will make the desert blossom like a rose. So I'm going to be looking for those. And I will intentionally, when something comes up, oh, yes, there's a rose. There's a rose. And these growth things, these questions, I would, I've would, i written them in my journals. And um, through very difficult times, I've looked back. I read them. They encourage me. Um, I got to the New Testament, and I realized in greater clarity what it meant for Jesus to come to earth to die for us. And he left. So I had been all this language I was using to pray back to God and Jesus is part of God. And I realized in greater clarity what he left to come to die for me. And what are my rights? I went, I easily can go, well, but I, I want this and I want that. But Jesus left everything, everything, and came to die for me. And can I take, can I humble myself also to believe that when I let go of my issues and I ask God, God, how can I give you glory in this circumstance? And that's the way to go on. And I can pattern my life after Jesus. came to Hebrews 11, and it says that um, in the here was a faith it said that they looked for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker is God and it wasn't the city that they the country that they had just come from because if it was that well they could have went back but they were looking for a country that had no um like whose builder maker was God and they were not ashamed to say that so within the um so within the la- recent past i had just moved from a country And I thought about that, although I didn't ache to go back, it opened my eyes to a new depth in this verse. And I realized that Abraham, he didn't, wasn't aching to go back to his other country. He was, look, when he maybe missed his country, he was remembering that it is the country that God is preparing that is where he wants to go. And they weren't ashamed to say that. And therefore it said, God's not ashamed to be called their God. And I thought, oh, by my, um, by my responses and the way I live my life, God will either be ashamed that I say He's my God, or not. And that was, these things are just staggering. I, I would just say, God, I, help me. I was so I'm dust. It says the Bible says we are, and I would see my inadequacy to live on that on my own. And he would guide me, and um, he led me. So um, I also was looking up these words in um, in the Strong's Concordance, and I found an interesting definition, the meaning of grace. Paul says often, grace be to you in peace. And uh, the definition Strong's gives is, is the divine influence upon the heart, and its reflection in life including gratitude and i realized that god had been giving me grace as i was working through this and reflecting on all these things he it was the divine influence on my heart and my life that was giving me the strength also to make these changes that were not easy at all i um i got to first john and i have a i made a journal notation and i'm going to read it to you I wrote, and hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments, 1 John 2, 3. This verse stopped me in my reading this meaning and gave pause for pondering. At the end of the world, there will be people to whom God will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And they're going to say, but I've done this and this and this in your name. And this will be a marker if we are known of God, if we do his commandments. Another place says, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. He that comes to God must believe that he is who he says he is. So therefore it starts with a weaving of searching, then believing who God who God says he is, and woven with that is the keeping of his commandments and love for him. So knowing, loving, and obeying are tightly woven together to form a life of doing the will of God from the heart. If we don't know God, we won't be willing to lay our lives on the altar to live for him, and therefore we'll only follow commands. We feel like following, not a wholehearted obeying and doing the will of God from the heart, as Ephesians 6, 6-8 says. I'm learning more and more, but dying to self and the choices to live faithfully for God happen in the hidden places. They can't be measured by success or picture-worthy moments, but it results from wrestling with yielding to God and his commands, choosing over and over and over to follow his commands instead of how my flesh wants to dictate. And choosing to believe that like a corn falls into the ground dies then grows the flesh dying us dying to ourselves us giving god our fears of dying then only then will we be able to grow to be one of those who know him and keep his commandments doing the will of god from the heart i saw it in such greater clarity for i have read i was reading the whole scripture in such a short time I got to um, December 31. It was a Sunday, early Sunday morning, and um, I finished reading uh, Revelations 22, and I cried. At the beginning of the year, my prayer had been, God, show me how much you love me. And I got so much more, more beyond what I had ever asked for or ever dreamed. I had realized that I also thought that God was gonna keep leading me on and then he was gonna laugh and drop me like a hot potato. But I knew that now that he never would, never would. As I look back and um, on my um, habit of journaling and growing, I see that there's these um, five hindrances that kind of wanted to keep me from growing. Number one was the temptation to try to change so that so-and-so changed. So it would be easier for me, right? Or what is in this for me? The second is, is we live in a world of hurry and rapid results. And growth is not rapid. It is a slow, slow growing and Jesus says, come apart and rest a while, he said to his disciples. And so I took that as um, a little invitation for me. And sometimes I would um, I would have the children play with Legos or something very quiet and turn on a story for them and say, I need some time with God. Please don't knock on my door unless there's an emergency. Now, they were not toddlers anymore. Um but they were old enough that they um, knew. The third way is is to look for a way to just stop the pain because it's a broken world, things hurt. And um, one of the ways that I, but to stop the pain, just try to avoid it. We tend to make decisions that for the moment look good, but in the end really aren't things that that are good. Um, I experienced that enough that I realized that. And so the place of what is my expectations, what is my reality, what is um, how can I bring God glory helped me through that. The fourth one um, thing is, is the childish want for people to hurt like I feel like I'm hurting. Um, Two things that helped me there is to remember that sun analogy. And I want my life to be like the sun. I want it to be on others. I want it to. I want to be gracious. I want it to be loving, and also to remember to be obedient to God's commands. He doesn't say to do to others what you want others to do to you only when it's convenient for you. I found out too as I read scripture that God doesn't put clauses in there like I want to put clauses in scripture. The fifth um, hindrance I found is is that in in growing intentional growth is, is what worked well in one season of life might not work well in another season. And life is full of seasons. Sometimes seasons last for one week. Sometimes it lasts for several months. And even in there, there's other seasons of life changing. And it may not mean just because it doesn't work well in this season might not mean that it's not, wasn't a good thing, but to let it go and God, what's going to work? What, how should I do this in this season or, or show me. And all along this, I was keeping writing this in my journal. There's a grief that comes in letting go of really good things that worked really well in one season. And um, there's a grief and there that must be an acknowledging like this is difficult, but once again, those steps and God, how can I give you glory? At the end of 2017, after reading the Bible, I knew I was never going to be the same again. Never. My eyes had been opened, the scales felt like they had really fallen off. Um, I could already look back over the um over this intentionally adding in little habits into our lives, like the tea time, the intentional times with um, children, other things that I had um, God had put in my heart, I was adding in. And um, they came from seemingly small beginnings, yet they um, yet they were already producing results I wanted. And so I, um, up until then, I think I still kind of was expecting big changes and stuff were going to come from big results. But I saw that the little things, the seeds I planted were the things I grew and that grew. And so that is an image I took as a seed planter. Like I shouldn't count each day if it was successful or not by the harvest I was reaping, but by the seeds I was planting that I have used in mothering so many times. I also um, realized that one choice has consequences that can last for thousands of years. Um, Eve, for one, and her fruit there in the garden. Um, I realized Sarah. And um, her, her offering Hagar to Abraham, you know, he had, God had said he's going to provide a son. And Sarah offered Hagar to Abraham. And as I was doing this studying, you know, at this timeline homeschooling, I was learning more and more about the conflict between the Arabs and the Jews. And I realized that there's so many people today suffering from that choice that they had made to go ahead of God and do things their way to help God out. And Mary, when, when the angel came to Mary and um, said she was going to bear a son, she said, uh, "I be it done to me, your handmaid, as you will. And I realized that so many blessings came or difficulties came out of one choices. So I began looking at my life even more like that, like one choice. What is that maybe one choice I'm saying, oh, it doesn't really matter right now, maybe, but maybe my descendants in hundreds or thousands of years will be negatively impacted because of my one choice. Also, I went and came across a little exercise it said to do, and it says that, um, I read it somewhere. It said that, imagine you show up at a funeral one day and you file a past. And surprisingly you're in the casket and you take your place and you sit with the other people. And, um, your husband, there's gonna be a time where your husband and your children get up to share. And often it's said at funerals, there's a lot of lies told. Oh, this person was so wonderful and so kind and so gracious when actually maybe they weren't. And so it's so your husband gets up and he opens his mouth. And what are the words that are gonna come out of your husband's mouth if they're the truth? And you alone, by how you live your life, are going to determine if what you want to come out of your husband's mouth that is truth is what you want. And wow, I was very like, it just made me look at my life as a here I am. And with a very long um, view in the future, is there things that I need to change in my life now? What do I mean? Not if there's always something that we can work on, but God, what is one thing I can change? I was, um, well, it's one thing I can change. Another thing um, at the end of that year, so many things I was just processing so much. Another thing was, is to clearly define my priorities. I wanted to not be a ma- spread a mile wide and a quarter inch deep. I wanted to invest my life deeply in fewer things so that I could have a story of my life would be a story of God's faithfulness, too. And um, I read a quote about the end of 2017. It's by Stephanie Leinbach. It says, we put off our goals because they overwhelm us. But from a daily perspective, a goal is merely one small choice today and tomorrow and all the tomorrows after that. Instead of aiming for one, a year of big progress, try for 365 days of small choices one day at a time. This adds up to real change. When you make a big yearly goal, procrastination lulls us into thinking that the next month will be the month to begin. It was the perfect quote to read at the end of this year. And I took that one thing and I still do it today in areas I need to grow, what is one thing I can do? And then I begin that. And then maybe in a couple days, in a week, depending on what it is, maybe in a month, maybe in three months, after practicing this one thing faithfully, what is one more thing I can add? So where I am today, I'm still growing in many things that are these things set foundations for me to continue building on today. Um, I knew I was going to be pouring out a lot today, um, a lot this year just some things that came into my life. And so I wanted to be sure that I would keep filling myself with God's truth and um, his beauty. And I decided to read the whole Bible again. This is the second time. And I decided that I also wanted something tangible to show my teenagers that the Bible is full of things that God says he is what what he's going to do and what he will do. And so I went and decided I was going to use a pink highlighter and I was going to highlight all those things in my Bible. I think I like to use the wax ones. I think I'm on the fifth or sixth highlighter, but it is so beautiful. All these things in the years I wasn't journaling when I said that I had asked myself if God could open the Red Sea, then why would I think that he couldn't open it for me? There was other things I also took and held in my mind. If he could, if Jesus could break um, five loaves and two small fishes to feed a multitude, why do I think he can't do it for me? But I, it just brings back memories of all the places I've been growing, and I see today, how many years later, how much those in, seemingly insignificant beginnings have are growing and bringing fruit that I really want to see in my life. So difficult times come in our life we cannot avoid them i call them holy sandpaper i um but the clearer when i'm going through an issue or struggling with something i found the clearer i define and um define the root is is the easier it is for me to work forward in growth what exactly am i fearing and to look for the root what is it and when i clearly define it then i can think okay how can i give the uh, glory what does he say about this sometimes i'll take a bible verse and i'll keep reminding it, myself of it when the fear wants to press in or disappointment anxiety dread on one morning i was going through several years ago i was going through a difficult time really difficult time and it was already starting to affect me physically i wasn't sleeping my alarm rang, my alarm rang, and I groaned and turned over with my face and my pillows. and I don't even want to wake up. Everything's going to still be there. And impressed on my heart came my present shuggle with you, and I will give you rest. And I got up that day. I got up with that on my mind. My circumstances hadn't changed. But I went through that day with my present shuggle with you, and I will give you rest. And... My heart was changed. It was restful. And that is something I also still think of today a lot to practice living or to live with awareness that God's presence is with me. Some days I just go lean my arms on the windowsill in my kitchen and look out at the mountains, at the trees swaying in the wind, at my yard. And I think about, you know, one leaf, one blade of grass is a miracle. And I deeply ponder, I look at my yard and I think one grass, but here's my yard. That's a miracle. And grass just covers the world. And one leaf, I could take a long time and try to paint a beautiful leaf and then it still wouldn't be living. Yet there's these trees full of leaves and the world has trees all over. How amazing God is. And it takes my mind from or it puts my issues in life in. The right place in comparison with god and um as i look back over i would say 12 years now i have been intentionally growing seven with the journaling thing but as i look past over the 12 years i um i think about all i've learned about god and all the things he's taught me and places he's led me and as I look toward the future, I think, wow, God, what are you going to teach me yet? If I live to 70 years, I have how many years in front of me yet? And there's this excitement that I feel, and they're like, what am I going to learn? Yet I know that ahead of me also lies a lot of difficulty. Because as I look back, I learned these valuable lessons in the difficulties. But I know that God is with me. I have the Bible there. I can see that I can read that he's with me. Fear not, I hold your hand. I'll be with you even to the ends of the earth. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't fear, I'm with you. With Jesus as my shepherd, I have everything I need. And if there's something that I lack to live faithfully, he will provide it. And also as I look back over the last 12 years, I can see as I gave God my loaves and fishes, no matter how tiny the step was I took in faith, I can see God filled in all the gaps, all the gaps. And he took care of the important things. So when I'm faced with difficulties, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm tempted to fear. I remember I need to rest, and returning and rest is my salvation. Quietness and confidence is my strength. And to go forward, and I want to make this um, this uh, comment that quietness does not mean without a word, but a quiet heart, not one that's just full of turmoil. If it's if it's a heart of turmoil, there's things to take care of with God in there. But to go forth from place a quiet heart at rest. Here's a. Um, and as I was studying for this, I was back reading over that first journal I began seven years ago. It's just so amazing to see the things I planted in faith and where I am today. And I, I planted um, all our life. This is just, all our life is each moment is lived in faith and we are on the battlefront every single second. And um, I've, recently in the last several months, I've taken this kind of as an image too, is when they weave tapestries, these beautiful tapestries, my life where I'm living right now is always at the point of where it's been woven and the threads that dangle. I would like to live by sight and go back and live, you know, where the path is out before me, like I can see as I look back. But that's not our reality. Every moment is a moment of faith. And um, the battle where I'm on the battlefront every moment. So as I was reading back through this journal, um, my first journal, I came across an entry that I would like to end with that sums up the thing of growth. We cannot separate growth apart from our daily life. Becoming happens in the quiet cultivation of prayer and internal pondering. Seeking to bring glory to God in the ordinary moments and resting and believing in God's promises. While God's commands to us are simple, it is incorporating them into our life that is a challenging part. But as I seek daily to walk in Christ's footsteps in the simple and the difficult, I find his grace enables me to become a woman of grace, of joy, with a heart of peace and rest, and in every situation, a woman for God's glory. And, you know, if I would not have been journaling this growth the last seven years, yeah, I would have known that God has helped me grow. But I have this record of all these things he's been teaching me. And it just fills my heart with great, great joy.
1: Thank you for that, Dorcas. I wrote down different things that stood out to me. And I like how you ended there talking about looking back and seeing God's change happening. And I, I go back to something you said in the middle where you were talking about the children of Israel and how they their fault was that they didn't continue remembering. And God gives us this grace, and you I like the definition that you used of grace, the divine influence to change. And so when we think of grace in our lives and remembering, I think that's one area for me that I'm very weak in. It's It takes intentionality to write things down, to put a mark in the sand and say, this is where I'm at right now. It takes intentionality. So thank you so much for what you shared. We're going to open it up now for the Q&A and you can either turn your video on and ask your question, or you can submit it through the chat as well. And we will give them to Dorcas. Um, So Dorcas, maybe to get started here, you talked about um, journaling and your children. How do you do that on a day-to-day basis with your children? You talked about the gratitude journal. Are they doing, they're writing down their own three things? Are you doing more things beyond that with them?
0: Well honestly when I began with them they really needed a life change too you know the or the just the mental thing you know teens and hormones and you know um honestly to children what they feel is stronger than truth and um and it is for us too unless we work through and realize you know the truth sets us free And so we don't do it every day. Sometimes there's seasons when we do it every day. And others, we might go a week or two before we do it again. And they were go, when I began it, they were going through a kind of a just difficult time. And so I told them, I told them about my own story, about the 10 things, because I needed a life change. And you're very grateful. Are you not that I changed? Well, yes, of course. Then here, let me help you. And so we're going to do 10 so we do 10 and then, um, at the end, sometimes depending on what's going, um, or what season of life we're in, I'll say, write one place where you've seen God work today or evidences of him. Maybe it's just the wind in the trees or, or to cultivate that in them. Um, or I'll say maybe this is a season where we'll write one thing that you can do better. Like you want to grow in tomorrow so that it's a, active growing. Uh, my uh because I journal, um our two oldest have taken up journaling, they call it, because I use the word journal, but they definitely do the diary. But all the things, but I think it will grow into um into the habit of also journaling like I um like I do because I plan to start giving them questions to work at journaling themselves, like go work through this, because um, I wanted to pass on, remember, according to the Israelites, their fault was they didn't remember and they didn't pass on. And so as I would learn things, I would seek to pass on to my children. Um, One of the terrible things that the devil tried to say to me was, is you can't pass on because that to the children, because look at you, you're just starting to learn it. But I realized that, no, that's, that's not the truth. We have to pass on, and I can say, you know what? I oh, even have said to them, you know what? I was reading the Bible today, and and um, it went. I read this, and I was so convicted because I hear I'm doing it, and I need to change, and I see it in your life. You need to change too. So right now, I'm working at the intentional growth stuff in their in their lives, so that they'll begin journaling soon. Like I ask them too, at the end of your life, what is going to matter at this moment? you what other people did to you or your own actions so they don't write all those things down yet they're just processing it in their mind
1: thank you for that and when you just on a practical level, when you do this every day, are you following those three questions that you said, what is my expectation? What is my reality? And what can I do to give you glory in my reality? Is that the basis that you started off of? Or the gratitude things? No, not for the gratitude, just like your daily journaling.
0: Oh, no, I don't always No, just I don't write every day. In fact, I write less in my journal today than I did in the first three years because I was starting so many of these things. Um, Today, actually, um, today, well, I'm parenting tweens, and I've realized recently um, that I've been kind of nurturing this fear in my mind that's starting to, I was starting to get kind of critical, like I wasn't really, parenting out of, uh, mothering out of a heart of here. I want you to grow, you know, I'm going to train you in the way of the Lord here. It was just more like, ah, I was starting to react out of fear. And so, um, I processed through, like, I thought about that. What's my root issue? What exactly am I afraid of? And it was stuff in the future. What am I afraid of? And I journaled that like, here, I've been really struggling with criticism and this is what God showed me. And Now, how am I gonna put this into practice? God help me. I've never parented teens before. And um, so that's what I'll do. Or sometimes my vision, I just realize, wow, God, this mothering thing, walking in your way, is I can see it already is growing fruit in my children as they watch me and then they imitate me also. I wish they imitated me more, but there's a lot of things you just have to teach your children. And um, I'll journal that. that. Or also in the um, recently, uh, God, it's amazing. Um, God brought a woman into my life, quite the story. And um, she's from the States too. They moved here. And I realized that an answer... I realized that um, it is so important for me, once again, I realized to keep growing intentionally in my life so I can keep passing things, passing things out. That's truth in a way forward. Yes, we have lots of guests come through our home and a prayer I've been praying for the last couple of years is, is, God, if there's somebody you want me to talk to about you, bring them to me or lead me to them. And then I can go faithfully about my everyday things and training and teaching my children um, and being a homekeeper with a heart at rest. Because if God wants them to come to me, he'll bring them. And he does. He does. But every now and then, like I refer to that lady, um, sometimes there's big things like that or just really clear he brings me into my life and. I go, oh, yes. And I'll think back over this growing and how hard it was. But yet now I see I can offer help to this lady. And I'll journal that sometimes. And then as I read back over my journals, member, it's, it's very encouraging to read what God's done for me. And that's one thing about my own journals is I can read a book somebody else wrote. And it's encouraging. But my own journals are on a whole deep, deeper level because this is what God has taught me. Tailored for my life. But these three questions I use for my children, I do. What is it that you wanted? Yes. But what now what happened? Now, how can you give honor and glory to God? So it's setting them up. I have this vision that someday they will also be doing this themselves, like the journaling, the working through on their own. I want to put those words into their minds.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, what are some of your questions for Dorcas?
3: I really appreciated, Dorcas, the way that you were able to paint a picture of how real and tangible um, God is and wants to be in our lives as women. Um, Two things that I think about, you said that often, as you read through scripture, you found people using what they had in their house or in their hand and how God moved and worked and multiplied. And that is, that is just such a powerful idea for us in our everyday life. And um, that that's going to be a definite encouragement to me. I really, really appreciate that. And, you know, yeah, it makes my heart burn. I, I love to um, learn these new ideas and and how God wants his kingdom to grow in New Testament women's lives as they fill their humble roles wherever they are. It's just so beautiful. So I really, really appreciated that. Um, Also really appreciated how you... um, said what you did about that verse when the angel visited mary um and asked asked told her what was what what they had in mind for her and her response was you know just behold the handmaid of the lord be it unto me as you have said and um yeah may god find us faithful and ready and the realities of of, um, the two kingdoms that long for our attention every moment of the day. Um, May we be ready with that response because I have a little side note in my Bible beside that response of Mary um, that I've written. And it says, do not fear the staggering request that's made of the woman in this place that lives in this place so thank you so much for what you shared Dorcas and I um yeah just praise the Lord for the work that he's done in your life and that's a very beautiful testimony and may he richly bless your desires and in the life of your children and your church family
0: I say this that um as I look what God's done in my life and he took me and I can see what how he's using me and my husband. And I think, wow, God, if you could do it with me, you can do it with anybody, anybody. And um, so that's my encouragement. He will use you if you're willing. Chronicles says he looks through the whole earth to see whose heart is willing that he can work in them and show themselves strong. And I'm like, that's my verse. It's him. It's him. There's, It's not because I wanted to do this growing. There's nothing in me that really, really enjoys the hard work of growing. But I love the fruit.
1: And that makes me think of what you said. Um, the insignificant things are where the growth comes from. And the difficult things are the holy sandpaper. I really liked that. There's a couple comments here that came in on the chat. Um, The first one says, Dorcas, thank you so much for taking the time to prepare and share with us today. It was so rich and I wrote down so many things, but I want to go back and listen again and write down more. You are a wealth of information and a true inspiration to go ahead and begin journaling and recording all the things God is teaching and helping me grow through. Thank you for your faithfulness as an example. And thank you also for the inspiration to read the Bible through in a year. It is good to see how that practice opened your eyes to see God's love for you personally. May God continue to use you to glorify him in your various roles. And then the second one is a question for you. When you said doors opened for you to move to Chile, how did this happen? Did you pray for change or did it just come?
0: Wow, uh, let me think, do we have five hours? <laughs> um, Long story, no, we were not praying for the move to Chile. Um, In fact, we had other plans set in mind for doing in our lives and, um, but God brought an opportunity, closed some other doors so clearly for some little plans we were going to do. And then um, we accepted uh, the church here. Bert had a church, had a fire. And um, my husband said, because of those doors that were so closed so clearly, because of something else we wanted to do, like travel, we we're planning to travel, my husband and I, had to go visit somebody and God just closed those doors. Long story. And so he said, you know, I feel like God wants us to come down here. And we came down here and um, we're like, we had lunch with um, one of the couples two days before we left and they asked us, so what would you, um, would you all consider moving to Chile? And we said, "Um, no, actually not. We have other plans set in motion to do when we get back in the States. And about Atlanta, It takes about a day and a half. Depends where you're flying to. Two days to fly from here up to the states. We um do live, or like in the northern states, we do live at the end of the world. And um about Atlanta, my husband said, you know, I've been praying, and I just feel like if God opens doors, um we'll be we'll move to Chile. But wow, we kind of laughed at that. You know, I I feel very great kinship with Sarah when she heard she was gonna have a baby, and she laughed because. I, I know that feeling. I've laughed how many times in my life. But um, we got back and my husband has a brother that's married to my sister. And they picked us up from the airport and said, uh, took us, we went to eat a supper there. And he we sat down. He said, so when are you guys moving to Chile? And we looked at him in disbelief and said, um, what's up with you? And he said, I just have this feeling as the whole time you're gone, a feeling that you're moving to Chile. And um, if you're moving, I feel like we just, I just feel in my heart like God's calling us to move with you. The next day, we went to see my sister, who was um, my husband's foreman and his landscaping business. And we sat. they went here about a trip. We sat down and he said, uh, so when are you guys moving to Chile? <laughs> like, what is up with you guys? And he said, well, I have this feeling. That you're moving to Chile. You're going to come back and say you're moving to Chile. And I've decided I want to buy your business and your house. And we're just. Uh, this is as foreign as if suddenly I'm moving to China or somewhere. And um, God just used those. And he began opening doors so wide. And it was so clear that we couldn't say no. Or I mean, we could have said no. We could have said no. But you know, the thing is, if we would have said no. And I look back over the seven years of my life and all the things that I've learned and we've learned. What blessings and large places that we would have been saying no to, and that's pretty staggering. So yeah, um, it wasn't without difficulties. Um, as we were out to the airport to uh, fly to Chile, moving, um, we got the word that my husband's bro- uh, my husband and his brother's mom had been in an accident and was killed. So we turned around and went back for the funeral. And uh, yeah, that's just one of the many, many things. But the doors, God had opened them, and we walked forth in faith. And here we are.
1: Thank you for sharing that. When God moves in clear ways like that, and we respond Yeah, it's just, there's a comfort in that. And now looking back, you can see all the little doors that you didn't necessarily notice before that you were walking through. And you can look back and see them. And yes, God did lead us to this place. So thank you for sharing that. There's another question here that says, can you please share the Bible app you had that came with the Strong's Concordance? And then along with that, do you have some book recommendations for us that that you that helped you and that you would recommend it, it for someone to study further?
0: Yeah, um, I don't have my phone right on me, but to show you the app. But I searched in. I have a. What do I have? I have a Samsung, so be Android. I believe it's Android. Um, I don't know what you'd look in at Apple or those, but I looked in my Play Store and it said I just searched King James with strongs and there it's a purple app a light purple one and it the numbers are right in beside the words you can go and put there's a little option at the top of the screen that you can have it just scripture or scripture with words and i have another bible app uh, the u version bible app that i use for when i go through bible plans and stuff like that i like that one but this other one is the bible with strongs so my um and i want to make this i want to make this um recommendation for reading through the Bible. So when I read through the Bible, the first time I read, um, I began at the New to Old Testament and read straight through the Bible, but with Psalms and Proverbs a bit each day. And I thought, as I read, I thought, wow, that's just so much Old Testament. So this time I chose one that reads in the New and the Old Testament. And I don't like it as good for this is is that when i got to psalms and proverbs it was just so much like taking in i I almost couldn't do it justice like i had done when i got a bit of psalms and proverbs every day also um if i would have done it like this the first time i would not have had such a clear picture as i read through of god working with his people and what jesus meant and now look the world is so different i realize that jesus's teachings Actually, were so radical um, to these Jews. You know, it says, "Don't." I, I love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. I realized a little more how radical that felt to them. So, I would recommend if you look for a plan. Um, I use U version Bible app. It's called, and you can just search um, a Bible in a year and just look for those. That's what I do. But I decided that every couple years, I want to keep. I want to read through the Bible, not every year because I want it to be um, something I kind of focus on as I read through, and yeah. Also books, yes. So besides the Bible, there are three books that have really, really impacted me. Um, I agree with Charles Spurgeon when he says, read many good books, but live in the Bible. And that is my advice too, because if you're not going to the Bible to shape your life, then whatever good books you read and stuff will not truly change your life. But the first one is called Own Your Life by Sally Clarkson. And it says, God has made you with the capacity to live courageously, to have great faith, and to become a person of influence. Learn to live each day with spiritual intention and see how your moment-by-moment decisions add up to a breathtaking life story that shines with God's love. You're, you'll let, you'll come alive with confidence, energy and purpose as you discover his footprints, fingerprints in your, your most ordinary days. Your life will become a lasting legacy that points others to him and he will honor your decisions beyond what you'll ever imagined. So as I came out of reading the Bible in 2017, I read this book, Own Your Life. It's called. I recommend any of her books. She writes to women, to moms and um Someday I hope to own them all. I think I have 19 of them. I've collected them over the years, but they're that good. Um, Another one is also by her, and it's called The Life-Giving Home. Creating a place of belonging and becoming. In our deepest hearts, we want home to be the place where our spirits are filled, a life-giving haven of warmth, rest, and joy that will encourage everyone who enters it, a welcoming respite in an isolated culture. And um, so many good things in it. And she has a lot of practical things in there, too, that they did. And while I might do some, I don't do them all. And I want to say this because I've heard people do reviews like, oh, I never could do all that. Well, if we wrote everything we did in a book, it would probably feel overwhelming to somebody else. So read it with prayer and journal it. And as you go, if you read it and yeah, it's the life giving home. The third one is not one that I have in paper copy. I read it on a library app. Someday I hope to own it. But it came in direct um, prayer as I was praying with God about, um, my God, how do I keep parenting these teens? And it's called Like Do Your Youth, Growing Up With Your Teenager by Eugene Peterson. And it's like, do, D-E-W, comma, your youth. And he says, adolescence is a gift, writes author Eugene Peterson. God's gift to the parent in middle age. This gift event, dimension of adolescence, adolescence is my subject. For adolescence is not only the process designed by the creator to bring children into adulthood, it is also designed by the Creator to provide something essential for parents during correspondingly critical years of their lives. Christian parents are most advantageously advantageously placed to recognize, appreciate, and receive this gift God so wisely provides. It is so good, and don't be put off by the titles um, of the chapters. They're kind of probably catchphrases that youth do say, and even if your youth aren't saying them, the chapters are just full of stuff I have never, ever, ever read before in a book for youth, um, parents of youth. So good, so that's like do your youth.
1: Thank you for that. Uh, I want to get the life giving home one and read through that sounds really interesting and where i am in life right now what i need to read <laughs> um someone is asking do you read the bible digitally or in paper form
0: i read in paper form um i don't say that you can't read it digitally digitally sorry after learning spanish some i have issues with some english words but um I don't have a problem with that. Like I will if I'm on a trip or something like that. But one of the re- there's several reasons why I read it in paper form. One is is because I want my children who are growing up in a tech- technological age to um, read the Bible also in paper. I've lived apart from that. Like it came in since I've been born, but my children are not growing up in a world war. They don't know they don't know world before cell phones so that's one for an example when mom sits and reads her bible um i also um do it because i underline and i feel like i can go back and i can read things a little clearer um i mean a little better like i can kind of sit at a verse or something a little longer i don't know it just does something to me when i'm on my phone i just have this crazy temptation to scroll a little faster and i don't like that when it comes to bible but now if i go through that you version app i said that i use um i sometimes work through plans on there and they might just have one or two or three verses different verses through the bible so then i'll just read the verse that's with it but for the biggest part i read my bible and uh, like paper and sometimes i lay it on my kitchen cupboard and Especially if I'm going through a difficult time and I have, I'm just reading a passage over and over and over again to get it down into all those cracks of my mind and heart. It lays on my kitchen counter. And this is interesting. I'm going to share this. Once my daughter said, you know, there's one image that I'm going to hold in my mind. Even when I'm old, she said, and it is the image of coming out in the morning and mom is sitting in the corner of the couch reading her Bible. And I go, thank you, God. the little things that seem insignificant are the things they're going to remember. And if you can hold that in your mind, it's the little things.
1: Thank you for that.
2: Thanks a lot Dorcas for sharing. Um, That was really good too. I just feel like I could identify a lot with your life in different things you mentioned. And one of them is, moving to Mexico in 2015 um, with a lot of little children. But then even the thing of journaling, like I feel like that's when my journaling actually took a new, a new turn. (laughs) And I really like the practical three questions that you gave um, to use in journaling. And also the um, inspiration to help pass that on to my children. I feel like um, helping them process and Just do life here. Even is is different, and um, just having those three questions are really neat, and I really appreciate that. So, thank you so much for sharing, and God bless you.
0: Yeah, I, I say that not everybody needs to do such a radical movement and move like that, but God taught me things through that that I can I have needed I've learned and can share with everybody else who doesn't need to make the radical move to learn them. And even though I went to mention this, even though I've been working at this for how many years, it doesn't make that the denying your flesh to grow any less painful. But the memories of what God has done helps sustain and helps remind me that this is the way to go. Like it's it's worth the work. Um, Right now, There's uh, some things that God's brought into my life that I'm going to kind of deeply be investing in the next year, 2024. And it involves Spanish. And I know Spanish, I can have a conversation in Spanish, but this is going to even take me into deeper levels of this. And my flesh just wants to curl up under a blanket and say one month, not a year. But I say yes to God. (laughs) I'm your humble handmaid. And also this, when I started doing the changes, obeying God and stuff, uh, like 12 years ago, I never realized that I would ever use those lessons. I would never dreamed I'd be even talking here today. I did them out of obedience to God. But as the years passed, I saw that my obedience and the things that I learned influenced people other than just my husband and my children. And so that's what I want you to encourage. Like women need to be encouraged. Um, in in this journey of life it's a broken world, it's difficult so learn the lessons and as you learn them, pass them on to another lady and if you are nervous about it, just say God, if you want me to share it with someone, bring them to me or lead me to them and then go on in the heart of, the re- of rest and it doesn't matter if you feel like you're good with words or whatever just he will give the strength it's all about him anyway
1: Yes, thank you for that. And, and that makes me think about the, I I liked how you use the tapestry of time is living on the edge of completion, which is history, right? And the dangling threads, which is our present. And so how can we allow God to make us a woman of grace, living on that edge? So thank you so much for everything that you shared. Um, I'm going to ask you to pray here in just a little bit, Dorcas. But before we do that, thank you all for joining us. And we will be having our next talk. Um, that will ha- it, our talks always happen on the first Saturday of the month. So this will happen in November, and it is November fourth, and we're going to be having Carol Nisley. Talking to us, and her topic is going to be cultivating meaningful relationships with our daughters. So, as a mom, I'm looking forward to that topic coming up next month, November 4th. Okay, thank you so much, Dorcas, for um, taking the time to share with us. I was really inspired, and I am sure that it is an inspiration to many others. So, why don't you lead out in prayer as we close here?
0: Oh, Father, thank you so much that we could gather here today. Thank you for the growth you've done in my life and that I have found that you are who you say you are and that I can trust you and you aren't there to just drop me and laugh, but you care for us. Thank you for sending Jesus, God, with us in all of our difficult places. pray okay, for all these ladies here, you know their doubts, their fears, There are difficult circumstances, and I pray that um, they will open their heart to you to work in their lives so that they can grow and to bring honor and glory to you in every circumstance, no matter how painful it is, that they can be bearers of your light, your truth, and your love to the world around them. Oh, Father, that the world would be full then of women all over who are bringing these to their family and their sphere. Thank you that your presence always is with us, and you give us strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you so much.
3: Walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work.